Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at Wyoming UFO reports. That's correct, Wyoming UFO reports. Specifically, UFO reports from the 1950s and 60s. Now, this article comes to us from Trib.com, from the newspaper Casper Star Tribune. Casper Star Tribune, dated December 9th, 2022. The title says... Wyoming Declassified UFO Reports from the 1950s and 60s. And the subtitle says, A look at declassified Wyoming files from the U.S. Air Force's long-shuttered Project Blue Book. It's programmed to collect UFO sighting reports from across the country. Some people might debate whether that program was to collect UFO sighting reports or to subvert them. It starts off, it says, a Thermopolis housewife saw one. A man poaching deer was certain he saw one. So did an Air Force pilot near Rock Springs. At the height of the flying saucer craze in the 1950s, Wyomingites saw their fair share of UFOs and dutifully reported them to the authorities. But while most of the handful of sightings in those years were easy to explain away, a few reports in the Cowboy State still remain unexplained. We know this because of declassified files from the U.S. Air Force's long-shuttered Project Blue Book. It's programmed to collect UFO sighting reports from across the country. UFO enthusiast John Greenwald recently placed his collection of two decades of sighting reports in a searchable format on his website, The Black Vault. First off, you have to wonder why these things would be classified in the first place. They're simply UFO reports by citizens. And secondly, John Greenwald has an awesome site highly recommend you check that out. It goes on, it says, and they have a few reports listed here. Uh, the first one, March 23rd, 1953, location, Casper, Wyoming. Date, March 23rd, 1953, time, approximately 8 p.m. Three civilian witnesses at the Natrona County Airport described the UFO as a bright orange light, a disc passing rapidly over the airport and disappearing behind Casper Mountain. According to the report, object acted like it was surveying base, ranging back and forth like a hunting dog. It headed southwest over Casper and went out of sight behind the mountain. Flight records show that an aircraft departed the airport at the same time. Conclusion? Departing aircraft. What that looks like to me is some type of UFO was surveying the, the military base, and in response, a military aircraft was sent up to possibly... Uh, meet the UFO, but as far as Blue Book is concerned, all these observers saw was the aircraft take off. Nothing else, apparently. This is from July 18, 1953, time 1.35 p.m., Sheridan, Wyoming. A rancher with police experience and reliability sighted an extremely fast object going over his head, making a swishing sound as it passed from the northwest to the southeast. It was gone in an instant. Conclusion? Very probably a meteor. Now, think about it. This guy is listed as somebody who has police experience and is a reliable witness. 
Now, he saw something go swishing over his head. Doesn't sound much like a meteorite to me. I mean, you wouldn't hear a swish sound. You might hear... If it's that close, you're probably in big trouble. If you heard a sound from a meteorite, it sounds more like what you would hear. It would probably be a sonic boom. So, we don't really know what the guy saw. December 29th, 1953, 60 miles east of Rock Springs, it says 9.26 p.m., Captain David Porter aboard a C-47 military aircraft spotted two objects in formation about four miles apart and watched them for seven minutes. They changed color from red to white. Quote, like it might be a heated metal or also like a blinking light. Unquote. Their speeds were estimated at 1,500 to 2,000 miles per hour. One disappeared heading north. The other went straight up. A B-47 bomber was in the vicinity, but but was there an hour later. So it wasn't the B-47. It's almost like they just threw this secondary airplane in as a way to obfuscate what actually happened. What happened was, Captain David Porter, aboard a C-47 military aircraft, spotted two objects, two of them, okay, about four miles apart, and watched them for seven minutes. So the man is very specific in his report. He says they changed from red to white, could have been a heated metal, maybe a blinking light, but he noticed he notices the color change, and then he he estimates her speed at fifteen hundred to two thousand miles per hour. The guy would probably be pretty good at doing that because it sounds like he's a pilot himself. He's he's on board this seven forty seven military aircraft. So why they even bother to interject this notion of the B forty seven bomber there? The only reason I would see see if they would even mention that would just be to maybe drive the narrative toward, okay, well, this must have been an airplane. Conclusion, insignificant data for evaluation. See, they couldn't call it unidentified, just insufficient. March 27, 1954, Cherokee Sinclair. Time, 6.25 p.m. Two airline pilots flying thousands of feet above Sinclair, Cherokee, both described a glowing bright green light descending in an arc. So two different airplane pilots see this light descending in an arc, this green light. Conclusion, object descriptive of meteor. Now, I don't know, I've seen a lot of meteorites. I've never seen one descend in an arc. They always kind of come down at a, at a straight angle, okay? Just my experience. May 23rd, 1955, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Time, 12 a.m. Two airmen from F.E. Warren Air Force Base said that while parked in a car on U.S. Highway 85 over a 30-minute period, they spotted four objects slightly larger than baseballs flying formation. Two were slender and rectangular in a vertical position and were white in color. The other two objects were color with protruding tops, were oval with protruding tops and occasionally illuminated in a bluish purple shade. So did you catch that? Two were slender and rectangular in a vertical position. Vertical, not horizontal vertical, up and down, like a long rectangular shape. The other two were oval with protruding tops. Kind of reminds me of these old school UFOs you see the illustrations of. Occasionally illuminated in a bluish purple shade. And I have the color change again. Conclusion. Although the evaluation of unknown is given, there's strong possibility that objects were res balloons released from California or Minnesota. They say there's a strong possibility that they were balloons, but they offer 
no evidence as to why that would be a possibility. Now, the last time I checked, the prevailing winds across uh, the central, central United States are west to east, and Minnesota is east of Wyoming. I have a hard time understanding how a balloon launched in Minnesota would end up over Wyoming, but that's just me. What do I know? October 16, 1955, six miles west of Cheyenne, Wyoming, Time 8 p.m. A civilian on the ground, a commercial airline pilot, insurance salesman, and self-admitted saucer enthusiast reported seeing a UFO while poaching for deer with a spotlight. When an intense noise approached from the east, a large black object outlined sharply against the stars, traveling at a tremendous speed. The sound was there and gone in 45 seconds. The man couldn't find the deer he shot, which he blamed on the UFO. <clears throat> Investigators weren't impressed with the exaggerated nature of his story. The source needs and wears very thick glasses, which were not worn at the time of the sighting. After a site visit and interviews with 12 other people to pinpoint the matter, one of the interviewers, one of the interviewees, a Union Pacific special agent, confirmed a train went by the spot at just that time. Well, how convenient. Even back then, they could dig up a witness when they needed to. But surprisingly, you have a, multi, uh, a multi-person uh, UFO report, and four or five people see and hear the same thing, yet their uh, account of the situation is just dismissed because an anonymous diesel, diesel locomotive uh, engineer says that, uh, oh, by the way, a train went by. Here we go, spring 1955, 12 to 15 miles west of Little America, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. it says. A stockbroker from Glendale, California, stopped with a handful of other drivers along Highway 30 to view the phenomena. He described them as four bright orange grapefruit-sized objects that appeared to be spinning discs with halos. They were arranged in a straight line overhead and then descended to halfway up in the sky before going out of sight. So, wow, you have these orbs, basically, with halos around them. That's unusual. They appear to be straight up overhead, and then they descend halfway down, he says, in the sky before going out of sight. It's almost as if they want to be seen, and then when they're ready to leave, they just disappear. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Conclusion, probably sundogs. However, there is only one witness, therefore citing evaluated as insufficient data. Now, I don't think I've ever seen four of these small sundogs at one time like that. June 10th, 1956, location Laramie. Time, 3.49 p.m. It says an Air Force pilot spots a number of silver-colored objects flying in formation at a very high altitude. He doesn't have a lot of details. Conclusion, insufficient data for evaluation. Well, maybe he didn't have a lot of details because he knew better. August 15th, 1956, Bitter Creek, Wyoming. 
Time, 10 p.m. A civilian, seeing, or civilian reports seeing an oblong, pea-sized, yellow and red object. It orbited for about 30 minutes, then disappeared. Conclusion, insufficient data. I guess that's less insulting than saying it was swamp gas. August 26, 1956, Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Time, 6.15 p.m. A high school student reports seeing a UFO. A smooth, silver, round-shaped object, 15 feet in diameter, after a flash or reflection from it caught his eye. The object moved quickly across the sky, disappearing behind a hill. As it passed over an abandoned car, a puff of smoke appeared from the car. The observer reached the car and found the back window shattered. He's convinced the object was a flying saucer and came from outer space. So he sees this object, this 15-foot wide round flying saucer shaped UFO fly over this car disappears quickly <laughs> and the car wind is blown out. Conclusion, case concluded as a meteor an object was in no way responsible for the shattering for the shattering of the car window. It makes you wonder how they came to that conclusion. July 16th, 1957 location Cheyenne Time, 11.57 a.m. A civilian witnessed an arc of vapor trail in the sky, developing a pattern that showed a full 180-degree turn with occasional vapor crosses forming, wider than the trail. Another vapor trail was nearby, moving west to east in a straight line. Now, this would have probably been pretty unusual in 1957, and it sounds like Maybe even back then, the deep state, or possibly somebody associated with the deep state, <laughs> had begun their chemtrailing program. The conclusion? Contrails. Nothing unusual about this. Trails often seen with plane not, visi with plane not visible due to high altitude. It's, it's awesome how these guys have been this dismissive for 60, 70 years. The more things change, the more they stay the same. October 10, 1957, Thermopolis. Time, 4.15 a.m. Numerous reports, including from Thermopolis and in Utah, describe a large, brilliant blue, white flaming object with a blue flame tail. A number of Navy and Air Force pilots described the object, with an Air Force pilot stating the object narrowly missed his plane. The sighting garnered spatial attention because on October 4th, the Soviets had launched their Sputnik satellite, the first man-made satellite to orbit Earth, a launch that attracted global attention. Well, they don't say that they found... A, any wreckage. Now, the conclusion says object was a rarely seen form of meteorite, a fireball. I've seen a fireball meteorite years ago. It was a big one, and it was reported all the way from the Midwest to the East Coast. I mean, throughout to New Jersey, people reported it. It was massive. It was breathtakingly beautiful, and if one of those things went by an airplane, I'd it's hard to imagine there would have been any part of that airplane left, but who knows. December 3rd, 1957, 10 Sleep, Wyoming. This is 5.45 p.m. An 80-year-old woman rep reports seeing a round UFO the size of a pea, white in color. The object was in sight for an hour and a half before disappearing. Astro computer and charts indicates the object was without doubt the planet Venus. <laughs> This from December 8, 1957, location Centennial, time 4.25 p.m. A civilian in the, in the Centennial Ranger Station saw an object believed to be a meteorite for a single second. object was very, very bright and had tremendous speed 
at very high altitude. Conclusion, undoubtedly, meteor. Apparently, they have a lot of those in Wyoming in the 1950s and 60s. December 22nd, 1957, location Bill, Wyoming. Time, 7.30 p.m. A civilian described a mass falling to Earth about one quarter of a mile away. It was a huge fireball and greenish white in color. Conclusion, meteor sighting. Well, sometimes those things do look a lot closer than what they actually are. May 12, 1958, location Cheyenne, time 1 p.m. A sunbather described an egg-shaped object overhead, color white or silver, with tumbling flight. Now, these we do hear of rarely, these egg-shaped UFOs. And I think I did one a couple years ago about the fellow in Iowa that observed the egg-shaped UFO while he was fishing along the banks of the Skunk River. Strange. Some people think these things are actually probes, but this individual here saw one, described it as white or silver with tumbling flight. This is something that I, you wouldn't normally see an airplane do. Now, the conclusion was it was a jet doing acrobatics. But the problem is, did we even have a jet back in 1958 that was capable of doing something like that? And they don't tell us... I certainly don't think we had an egg-shaped jet back then. You would think this person would know the difference. August 21st, 1958, location 26 to 30 miles north of Rock Springs, 9.30 p.m. A Colorado Springs architect on Highway 187 sees a round green object with a neon glow. A point of light the size of a pencil head appearing to be a solid mass. It disappeared downward behind a hill. Informant stated he has seen similar UFOs on two prior occasions, one in Africa in 1952 and one approximately 25 miles north of Colorado Springs in 1936. Informant stated he has read and discussed UFOs extensively. The description is characteristic of a meteor. <laughs> so after they let you know that this guy is kind of a UFO nut, they just conclude that it, of course, was a meteor. September 5, 1958. Location, Thermopolis. Time, 9.30 p.m. A 35-year-old housewife and a 16-year-old student named Dick Boots report seeing a red-green object the size of a pinhead moving north and northwest. An Air Force fighter jet, an F-89J piloted by First Lieutenant Marcus J. Roganbuck, overflew Thermopolis and searched in the vicinity for 40 minutes without sighting anything. Due to pilot being unable to sight any objects, an object being reported as a star as star-shaped, believe object may have been a star or other astronomical feature. I wonder what kind of astronomical feature they were talking about. October 9, 1958, location 30 miles north of Pinedale, time 8 p.m. A 38-year-old Cheyenne surgeon and two others on a moose hunting trip were in a were in a stuck pickup truck on Moose Creek Road in the Bridger National Forest when they spotted a UFO low in the night sky. He describes it as a bright bluish-green object that stayed in the same general vicinity but had an erratic motion and varying brightness. It was the brightest thing in the sky before it disappeared. He said he speculates it could be a missile it could be a missile a mid-flight failure. Investigate investigators conclude the object was the star Fomal, Fomalhaut, F-O-M-A-L-H-U-T. Conclusion, star. Simple enough. August 26, 1962, location Casper, Wyoming. Time, 11.24 p.m. A cooling tower operator at the American 
Oil Refinery Company spotted a bright object about the size of a tennis ball traveling in the, in the sky east to west. It blinked on and off before disappearing, possibly crashing into the mountain. He speculates it could be a satellite or part of one. He wrote, If the snows hold off, I'm going to... I'm going to look for it. If I should find it, what should I do? Senator Gail McGee wrote to the NASA administrator in closing the report of the sighting and asking for more information. Conclusion, meteorite. Well, I guess if it was a meteorite and he found it, he could possibly sell it. Let's go ahead and do oh, one or two more here. This is October 29, 1962, Cora, Wyoming, time 5 p.m., the man named Decker at the, G, at the GP Bar Ranch was in the ranch house when he spotted a UFO through a large picture window. Shortly after an aircraft flew past, the object was about 16,000 to 17,000 feet and appeared to be drifting toward the ranch as it gained altitude. Climbing very slowly to about 40,000 feet, unknown to the observer, a number of weather balloons were released from nearby lander 39 minutes before the sighting. All characteristics of a balloon present. Conclusion, weather balloon. Seems like it might be a little convenient. Let's take a look at one last one here. This is May 28, 1966. Location, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Time, 10.30 p.m. Two teenage boys were stargazing in their backyard when they spotted a dime-sized object in the sky, alternately flashing blue and white, moving from the southwest toward the northeast. Elsewhere, two men observed an object moving in a southeasterly direction, flashing from blue to white to blue. Suddenly, or according to the men, after five minutes, the object blacked out. Investigation found the local weather station released weather balloons that same day at 10 p.m. Conclusion, weather balloons. Well, it's amazing. There must have just been a plethora of weather balloons floating around Wyoming in the 50s and 60s. And meteorites, because that seems to be the catch-all excuse for most of these sightings. Now, today, you know, when they... When a sighting is reported frequently, it's uh, trash blowing in the wind or at or a drone. Sometimes they still like to trot out the weather balloon excuse. But my question is, if we have all these weather balloons uh, just drifting through the sky unattended, why don't we have more collisions? You know, it seems like you want to keep better track of those things. Anyway, this was a really well-written article to just present the facts with None of the, you know, with none of the nonsense going along with it, you see in so many of these things, uh, they connect. You can you can just follow the links right back to the Black Vault website and look at the original reports, uh, you know, from the Blue Book reports. And uh, overall, I just think an outstanding job done on this. Uh, and a big thanks to the Casper Star Tribune. Like I said, you can find this on trib.com/news/state. And then Dash and Regional Wyoming. And then it has the title, Declassified UFO Reports. Uh, yeah, good job, guys. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.